This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Earlham, not in the studio this morning, but self-isolating at home until he has to go into work <laughs> because that's your essential journey. Where now, do you think? I mean, it's really hard to say. So we've seen uh, a little bit of a bounce in Asia overnight. That seems to have been triggered by uh, the promise of some stimulus measures uh, over mm. in the U.S., um, but it feels in in a, in a way like a bit of a dead cat bounce. I feel like the the market sentiment is extraordinarily fragile at this moment in time, and it won't take very much uh, to trigger another plunge. Maybe not to quite to the extent that we saw yesterday, but I mean let's look back a few days ago and we thought last week was potentially um, uh, as bad a week as we could yeah. hope for or the week before was as bad a week as we could hope for so it's it's really difficult to say in these extremely fragile markets you're not seeing what somebody described this morning as a thin semblance of sanity in asia no not necessarily because we have to remember that what what's being proposed right now and the way this is being handled which everyone's just using the information that they have to hand what we are seeing uh, in the in the background though is, is a continuing rise in the number of cases a continuing rise in the number of fatalities uh, in certain countries like italy we're now seeing quarantine efforts around the country rather than just in specific areas this hasn't fully reached uh, other other countries yet where we are likely to see similar measures being enacted potentially uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, uh, and therefore, it, it's extremely difficult to say just how bad it's going to get at this moment in time or if containment efforts are going to be sufficient. If in two weeks' time we're sitting here and we haven't seen similar measures being enacted in the US, the UK, France, Germany uh, and others, then you could sit there and say, do you know what, maybe these containment efforts are working and investors will start feeling a little bit more confident. But until then, like I say, in this fragile environment where nerves are being uh, are being tested, yeah. these kind of wild shock days are likely to happen we will probably see some bounce back days as well where we see some big gains and people start to talk about the this kind of v-shaped recovery the return of sentiment in the mm. markets on, but on, um, on, i think on, that's very fragile yeah on, on the subject of gains i mean we should note shouldn't we that uh, the u.s treasury yield um has gone up very slightly which means that the price is down very slightly which means that uh, i suppose that investors are slightly shying back from safe havens but not a lot yeah, I mean, we're coming from a, a very low base. This is the kind of dead cat bounce scenario that we talk about. Yep. We're t- we're, when, when yields dropped to 0.35% on the 10-year, this was a record low. And by some distance, where a, a few a couple of weeks ago, these, these yields were 1.5%, and they were already quite close to uh, these record low levels. So when we're talking about those levels, we're talking about kind of German levels here, uh, Japanese levels here. We're not talking about what we traditionally see uh, on U.S. bonds. So when we're when we're seeing a bounce back to kind of 0.7 percent, this is still extremely yeah. low in the U.S. And what it's effectively still factoring in is potentially a full basis point, uh, sorry, a full one percent rate cut at the meeting next week more quantitative easing potentially more stimulus measures and that's just the u.s federal reserve mm. around the world we're mm. expecting similar efforts as well as fiscal stimulus measures and these are things that are priced into the markets at these points not even things that could potentially surprise okay um, now let's let's turn our attention to the oil price and saudi taken a big gamble here haven't they i mean yes we know they can all turn on the taps yes we know they don't have the sort of production costs of oil that other people do but even so to do what they've done is a big one isn't it? It's kind of isolated Russia. Let's talk about that. I mean, what 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 room for manoeuvre do the Saudis actually have? How long can they keep this going? Well, the Saudis can keep it going because effectively the the 
major oil company there, Saudi Aramco, is still almost entirely state-run. So the, they can keep it going for a little uh, amount of time. Uh, and there are other things that they can do to, uh, in order to cope with the fact that their numbers, uh, that the that's going to go into the Treasury, is going to be much smaller. It's a gamble from all sides, you can't help but feel. And everyone seems to have their own, um, their own incentives. And it's really difficult. At the moment, we can only really speculate on what it is they want to achieve. The, the common rhetoric seems to be that the Saudi around the Saudis are willing to take short-term pain in yeah. order to effectively bully Russia back to the table. Uh, unfortunately for Saudi Arabia, I saw yesterday, I think it costs around $80 a barrel to pump in Saudi Arabia. And they've got to remember that their currency is still pegged to the US dollar. So they don't have the benefits of being able to weaken their currency in order to uh, boost uh, bo- bo- boost income that way. In Russia, the Russian ruble has fallen quite considerably. And I, I believe uh, to pump a barrel of oil, there's around $30 to $40. So you could imagine that they could probably take pain for a bit longer. But they do have more private firms. Um, their uh, apparent ploy, it seems, that the, the, the general consensus seems to be that what they want to do is they want to use this opportunity to try and pu- punish the U.S. shale industry, mm. uh, which has put uh, OPEC and uh, Russia and other nations under considerable uh, pressure over recent years by being able to pump at lower prices and dramatically increase uh, production at a time when others are having to cut production because of the supply-demand issues that there exist there. U.S. shale is in, uh, still extremely indebted, so if oil prices continue to trade around these kind of $30 barrels for uh, the next six months or so. Yes, consumers will ultimately feel the benefits of that. But what we could see in the US is a number of shale industries going bust, a lot of consolidation in the sector. So it's a very interesting strategy, this kind of dynamic, this Saudi-Russia-US dynamic that's playing out here. And it seems that Russia's had enough of constantly being told you need to cut production more while watching the US ramping up production. Mm. Uh, And Saudi Arabia was quite clearly unhappy with Russia's unwillingness to do its part. There does seem, doesn't there, a spin-off as far as the consumers are concerned from all this, possibly. A lot has to do with how long oil prices remain at these levels. Uh, the shorter time that it remains at these levels, I think the less likely it is that the actual benefit will be passed on to the end consumer and the more we'll just see it uh, act as a bit of a buffer for the various uh, supermarkets, etc. Uh, the positive angle potentially, I guess, is the fact that I think many people expect um, expect these prices to remain low for at least a short amount of time uh, because of, of what's driving the actual oil price war to begin with. Uh, and I think the Saudis, the Russians uh, and the US shale industry, at least in the uh, for a couple of months, does have deep enough pockets to be able to sustain it if they do have the desire to do so. I think it's primarily a case of uh, desire. But then, like I say, uh, again, as your guest alluded to, you've got the budget coming up where you've got the increase in the fuel du- duty as well to contend with. I would, I would say I'm not overly optimistic that the end consumer is going to notice a big difference. Yes, maybe five, ten pence off the price of a litre, uh, which obviously people will be happy with. But to the to the extent that we've seen the oil price drop, I think it is going to be a small uh, a small percentage. Budget tomorrow. Can the Chancellor do anything to help? Do you think? I think he can. I think it, there, there is going to be um, some efforts to try and. Uh, support the economy throughout this period probably there's going to be certain things which was going to be announced anyway uh, which will which, which is seen as being supportive for the economy which can tie into the uh, to the difficulties that are going to be faced I think there's going to have to be some uh, we're going to have to be see some signs that there is going to be some new measures uh, which is very specific to the situation which is currently unfolding 
I think there are going to be a lot of number of measures which are going to be pushed off till later in the year, um, which may otherwise have been included in the budget tomorrow, but which are seen as being less important at this moment in time. I think one of the big things is going to be any revisions by the OBR to uh, to the economy, because we have to remember that because we missed the budget at the back end of last year, it's been mm. around 18 months since we last saw uh, OBR uh, revisions. And so the, the, the revisions that we're likely to see to the numbers are likely to be quite considerable, and that will effectively tell us just how much uh, fiscal space the new chancellor has. Well, I'm just wondering about those figures, though. I mean, they, they're out of date, aren't they, by the day? They are out of date by the day, but obviously the more days that there are, the more out of date they become, and it's quite considerable uh, how out of date they are now. And if you think of everything that's happened in the last 18 months as well, that's a lot of catch-up. Okay. Uh, a shakeout of some industries. We're seeing that in airlines, aren't we? Virgin apparently flying with many seats empty and so on. That's you'd, you'd sort of guess that. Not just airlines. What kind of industries do you think will be shaken out as a result of all this? Yeah, I mean, the airlines is the most obvious one. And as you uh, as you just alluded to, there's the capacity of these airlines is being considerably hit. And you've got a number of airlines who are effectively flying ghosts planes yep. uh, just to retain slots which is extremely worrying from both a cost but also an environment perspective um, the oil and gas industry obviously it goes without saying if you if you if you if it costs you 60 70 80 dollars to produce oil a barrel of oil and you're currently selling at 30 that's extremely concerning so i think u.s shale industry in particular is going to see a bit of a shake out here uh, the longer that this goes on but you can literally look at uh, industries all over the place to say that there's going to be difficulties whether you're looking at consumer uh, industries you look at the say the drop and the sale of iPhones in China, for example, last month down more than 50% compared to a year ago. Other parts of the consumer sector are going to be heavily impacted by that. And when we look at the high street, for example, not just in the UK but abroad as well, this is a look at any sector which is already undergoing difficulty, and this could be the final nail in the coffin for a number of uh, a number of companies. It is going to be uh, quite, I think, an extraordinary year suddenly uh, for a number of companies who are going to very much lean on, on government life support uh, just, and the it's going to be a case of just okay. how much life support there's going to be just before you go tell us what it's like to be heading into an office where you've got no idea what the end of the day is going to be like yeah it's 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 extremely interesting but obviously all for the wrong reasons um but the the way the market has been for the last two weeks uh, it means that you can have no real uh, you can't really be confident of where things are going to end up at the end of the day compared to when you're walking at the start of the day but it obviously gives us plenty to talk about but like i say unfortunately all for the wrong reasons craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed the business breakfast on jazz fm with oanda online trading currency data money transfers 